Welcome to Banana Peel Boulevard, the podcast where we take the fall so you don't have to. Now, here's the adult in the room, Becky Harnden, and national award-winning columnist and author, Gary Jordan. Thanks so much, Michelle. We're back, Gary. This is the relationship show. (laughs) (laughs) You are going to give all kinds of practical advice to men today. Yeah, or maybe to try and avoid the unavoidable. But look, pillow talk is a, is an art. You know, those sweet moments where the two of you are together. Uh, actually, I do some of my best pillow talking when I'm alone, but that's, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> I was just wondering but, <laughs> what two of you you were referring to. <laughs> right. But when, when you're with your significant other, uh, whoever that happens to be, you know, sweet pillow talk uh, is, uh, is you know, where a, a lot of really cool things are exchanged. I mean, it's it could be very sweet time. It could be, or it could be dangerous. Well, yeah, which is what happened here. But, <laughs> but um, you know, when I think back over, I mean, over the years that Bernice and I have been together, I mean, those are some of the sweetest moments. You know, you're sort of disarmed. Um maybe a little more vulnerable than you usually are. And uh, and sometimes it's just laying there talking about a trip that's coming or the kids or whatever it happens to be. But uh, Ours sounds a lot right now like, did you check the grades on the school portal? Or <laughs> what does the dog have in its mouth? No. <laughs> Whose underwear is that? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's um, where our pillow talk is at, at, at yeah, the, this no, current I hear phase that. of no, our life. You were just, for some reason, you just reminded me of uh, what Bernice and I used to call ham hock sex. It was... Uh, it <laughs> Get was, ready. Yeah, no, it was... It, we had a, a wonderful yellow lab that would, if we closed the bedroom door, he would just sit at the door and bark. So it was... Uh, we could be together the length of time it would take him to eat a ham hock. <laughs> So, just, just for the record is, you know, like seven minutes. So, you know, yeah. I actually cannot comment on this because I have a feeling that my um, parents and children could be listening to this. And as far as any of them know, that's never happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pets and sex, that's a whole different thing. But pillow talk, <laughs> but pillow talk, um, I, I don't know how people can have a, a pet in a room when you're making love. I mean, it's... I don't either because I'm just, like I said, yeah. I've never never done that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure your four and three-quarter cats have <laughs> never even been near that. And our three kids. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, a, a, a dog is completely different. They have their own perspective on what they're seeing, I'm sure. But it's just... Um, it's I've never just asked, an, it's but my dog unwanted does o- act it's, embarrassed. It's just an unwanted audience. But... <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, so as soon as you start talking about pillow talk, you are in this kind of sacred space where all those things are, are you know, they're expressive and they're real and, you know, you never where the, you never know where they're going to go, which is what happened this Interesting questions arise. Well, that's what happened this time. I mean, I don't think there is a man on the planet who, who has come up with the, the best way to handle what happened on this one day. Uh, Bernice and I had been, I don't want to give away too much of the read, but we had been out having a wonderful day together. And 
we just went back and um, uh, we had uh, gotten out of the shower. We had taken a long walk and gotten out of the shower. And we were just kind of, you know, thinking about dinner and what we we're going to do. And I mean, there was nothing crazy about it. And uh, it was just a, you know, sweet thing. And that's when Bernice said. What she said, which, which disclaimer to our audience, if you're driving a car, there's a high likelihood that you might get in an accident <laughs> listening to this episode today. Well, the entire chapter took place in about everything that's written in this chapter happened in about 45 seconds. <laughs> it was when it was when Bernice said the one thing that a man never wants his significant other to ask and that is which one of my friends do you find sexy? It is a trap that began, I'm sure, with prehistoric men. I mean, you know, it's like there's no way out of that trap. And I explain all the reasons why in the read. But I think everybody can appreciate that there's just not a good answer to that. But I also think that people will find that you do provide a way out of this very tricky situation today if you choose to accept it, gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, it's... um, I, I... Finally ended up with the only solution I thought was relevant to the moment. <laughs> but, uh, but We'll see it was, if this works for other people. I'd love to hear comments about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I think everybody is now imagining that question posed to them. Uh, and, and if you are, you know there's not, a, there's not a good answer. Well, you know, I ran through it in my head thinking if I asked my husband, Ian, this question what would be an acceptable answer that he could give me that wouldn't somehow or another end in a fight? Yeah, or... Or very th- awkward future moments. Right. That was the point. <laughs> I mean, now every time you... If he is foolish enough to spit out a name, what's going to happen the next time the two of you together see that person? Well, I've already crossed some people off of my best friend list. Right. <laughs> they're, they're no longer on the list because I know he would use their names. <laughs> right. So it's um, it's a very awkward social problem. And it's, uh, you know, those things that couples go through. And that's what happened to me on this otherwise delightful day. So uh, I guess we'll let folks kind of hear what it's about. Let's go. Yeah. This chapter is called Rules from the How to Be a Man Handbook. It was a perfect Saturday. Bernice and I had just come back from an inspiring walk in the woods and were lying on the bed having some sweet pillow talk. Those are the moments I cherish, just the two of us, no agenda, reconnecting after a busy week and unconcerned about the world outside our cocoon. And then it happened. I would say it caught me off guard, but that would be an understatement. There is no on guard for what happened next. Men have feared it for centuries. It's the inquiry that caused the term blank stare to be uttered for the first time. The question for which there is no plausible answer. Einstein couldn't solve it. Cavemen thought it was smarter to go fight a tiger. Freud withered under its weight. Gandhi stopped eating. Custer left the house and headed to Little Bighorn. Van Gogh hacked off an ear. Bernice wasn't even looking at me when she asked the question. We were both lying on our backs, looking up at the ceiling, and then she dropped it on me like a hydrogen bomb. Which one of my friends do you find sexy? Many things happen in the moment to follow. All critical. 
you immediately realize that honesty is the worst option. Yet your answer must contain enough truth to be credible. Only three seconds have passed, but it seems like a month. You quickly run through the checklist of bad options, your thought process interrupted by the faces of her friends passing through your brain like water through a spaghetti strainer. Do I actually spit out a name? What are the consequences of more than one name? (laughs) Is she thinking close friends or just acquaintances? Is there any chance she would believe none of them? What name could I say that would be someone who we won't see for a long time? Can I convincingly fake a seizure? How will I decorate my new apartment? Because I know that's coming. (laughs) There are many good reasons why men have feared the question for ages. You understand whatever name you utter will make seeing that woman again with your wife seem very awkward. You'll try some polite conversation, but no matter what you say, your wife will be thinking, so he finds her sexy. Too much time is passing with my silence. I need to say something to buy more time. So I try the old reverse question, stall for time pivot and ask, which one of my friends do you find sexy? As I suspected, it failed. She knows my silence means there are indeed some of her friends I find sexy. Names are racing through my head like a dinghy trying to find a safe harbor. Saying none of them is not plausible, so which name will cause her the least grief? Now the passing moments are getting uncomfortable and I'm starting to feel like a mouse in an owl cage. It's only been 20 seconds, but I've developed hives. She's waiting for an answer, and time is not my friend. Suddenly, I realize I may be able to buffer my answer with a disclaimer, finding an unacceptable flaw in the person whose name I utter. Well, Penelope, well, there's no way I'm putting a real name in this column, is kind of sexy, but I could never be with a woman who saves her toenail clippings. My male brain is thinking, with that disclaimer... I avoid the clumsy confrontation when we see Penelope. Somehow, in a moment of clarity, I remember rule number 127 in the How to Be a Man handbook. If your wife ever asks you which of her friends you find sexy, try and say something enlightened about all women. I mumble, well, in their own way, they're all sexy. Bernice looks over at me like I've got cauliflower growing out of my forehead. She didn't need to say a word. I sheepishly looked away and played my last card. I said, I'll go fix dinner. And that is Rules from How to Be a Man Handbook. I hope all you gentlemen out there found some helpful advice today. When in doubt, go fix dinner. Stay safe on the boulevard, and we'll catch you next time. 